On this week's episode, how does the future look for PlayStation? It's time for our fall TV preview. And will a live-action Cowboy Bebop be a hit on Netflix? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, Game Source, Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, or any of the things that we do, including we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. We have several games per week. You got to go ahead and be part of them. It is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our own PlayStation showcase of pop culture cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Also check out the great things he does with his shows, the Super BS Gamescast and Topicocalypse. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What is up? I want to go ahead and give a big shout out first off to Jessica Boggs from the TV Ratings Guide. She is in law school. And unfortunately, law school is preventing her from helping us out with the TV information and news on a monthly basis. But I wish her tremendous success in law school. So a new individual has come in on and is going to help us out with our fall TV preview. And I want to go ahead and give a big welcome to Dawn Bobs. She is coming up on the back end of the show to talk TV, TV, and more TV on cable, streaming, and broadcast. What she's interested in, what she thinks will work what she thinks may have some issues and also the outlook and as far as everything heading towards a streaming outlet eventually, whether it's right on the money or somewhere down the line. So we'll talk about all that's good stuff coming up in our fall TV preview on the back end of the show. Plus Josh and I are going to go ahead and talk about Cowboy Bebop and the live action coming in November to Netflix with John Cho. Is this something that people are going to be interested in and is it going to work? We're going to find out on Josh's thoughts as our anime expert on the back end of the show. And I'm also going to ask Josh, did he take the red pill or the blue pill when you saw the Matrix Resurrections trailer? That's coming up on the back end of the show as well. But first off, my friend, it was the PlayStation Showcase. Can't say experience because they've done that before, but they now you showcase the PlayStation Showcase 2021. And before we get into the nitty gritty and all your thoughts on the games themselves, I want to ask you this. They put it in last week in the middle of the week, or actually closer to the end of the week on a Thursday, and it really was out there, and they showed the stuff, and it got some interest in the whole nine yards. But I don't think it garnered as much interest as a showcase as I think it could have. I really think it would have been better suited during an E3 or a Gamescom time frame. Your thoughts on this? I want to know, was it better for them to do it at a separate time and day like this? 
Or after all these months we've been asking, where's PlayStation, where's PlayStation? Should they have done it when they're really the demand for what to know on what PlayStation's coming out with was really high? Yeah, yeah. okay, so here's my initial thoughts on this, is the fact that they kind of slowly, like a ninja, announced this thing last week, right? Like, it just came out of nowhere. So I can honestly say that I don't think a lot of people knew about it. Whereas, like, Xbox, right? Like, that had been announced, like, a month ahead of time. I I guess Nintendo does the same thing Sony did. It's just, like, if, if more people, and granted, like, I was... You know, I'm I'm pretty excited about some of the stuff that's coming out with PlayStation. But if they would have announced this like three weeks ago, and then given people a chance to kind of latch onto it and maybe turn on their PlayStation, see a banner in the background that this was coming up, I think it would have had <clears throat> just a little bit more hype. But yeah, it was it was announced at an at an odd time, most definitely. I mean, I think again, you know me, my friend. How long have I been saying on this show? Ever since PlayStation started to ditch E3 and a lot of these publishers started to do their own thing, that's great that they want to do their own thing. But E3 is still the marquee event to get across to the general consumer, not the gamer. The gamers will always find the information out eventually. Either they find it out on that day or they'll find out eventually because gamers. We love games. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. Yeah. But the general consumer doesn't really find out these things in a lot of cases until the product is at or near the time of release. And that's something that I think a lot of these publishers and console makers forget is that E3 is a showcase, not just for the gamer audience, but for the general audience. I mean, you right. see a lot of coverage from CNN, CNET. You see a lot of coverage from Fox. You see a lot of coverage from all the different outlets during the time of E3 because they all send media representatives there. Even with Gamescom, which is to a lesser extent, even though it's a highly more populated uh, event as far as fans are concerned, it is still has its niche because of the fact that it has a lot of European media mm-hmm. covering it then and there that's not particularly game-based yeah. outside of just the game-based. And you, we all know the IGNs, the game spots, the worlds, they're all over the place there. At both locations but it's when you have these big marquee events that it's really helps that out and i really think that's a lot better than just running your own separate months down the line showcase event that by itself is great and what's awesome on youtube and all that but it's just ends up being just another video yeah. at the end of the day yeah no i i definitely agree and like i think some i mean Maybe somewhere they knew that because they're, you know, this thing came out right in between Gamescom and the Tokyo Game Show. So maybe, maybe somewhere out there they, they knew that and they assumed this was going to happen. But yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, with, with E3, you definitely have the hype going. So it, it was just weird because Microsoft does their own thing, but they also atta- do things for shows, right? Like they did something for E3, did something for Gamescom. They, all, they did their own thing, you know, uh, shortly after E3. And then they're also doing something with the Tokyo Game Show. Like, they, they're they good at marketing themselves. Whereas PlayStation kind of sets themselves up to be this, like, exclusive country club, right? Like, we'll do things when they we sometimes like succeed. Doing. Well, they sometimes succeed in spite of themselves. Yes, they do. They do. Sometimes they do. But I think that it's, like... Looking at this from a perspective of somebody who owns a PlayStation but doesn't really like play a lot of things on the PlayStation, like I I think that that's kind of snobby. Like if they were to to 
I don't know, stop like looking at themselves as being the top top of the ladder. Like I feel like I would probably be more interested in playing more PlayStation things, but you know, if, if right now, just because of the way that they do things, if I had the choice of playing a game between on the Xbox or PlayStation, I'm going to go to the Xbox because they market better so I can see what the game looks like. They're friendlier towards their users. It's just, I don't know, I think Microsoft is, that's where Microsoft succeeds. Like if Sony were as, as consumer friendly as Microsoft was, it would be, I, I would probably be a, a Sony fanboy, to be completely honest with you. Well, right now, if you're, looking at a third-party game and you had both the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, I would put it on the Xbox Series X just because of the fact that the X has a little bit more fidelity and power coming out of it than the PlayStation 5. Right. But yeah. the PlayStation does have its games. And you know what? We're going to go into that here in a sec. But I just wanted to ask you this one last question, my friend, before we go into it. And that is, I mean, the future of PlayStation do you think that this is going to be something that a lot of people are going to get interested in as far as getting more? I mean, PlayStation 5 is having a great success. They're selling out everywhere. It's still hard to get. Do you see this as continuing that process? Do you see this PlayStation showcase continuing that hype, continue that build? I mean, a lot of people on the game sites are calling this a comeback for PlayStation. It's, they're now ready. They're now showing that they can go ahead and compete in this generation. With me, it's just something like, okay, they put out a lot of good stuff. And we'll go into the specifics here in a second, but I want to hear your thoughts. They put out a lot of good stuff. I'm just not sure that if they put it out at the right time. I think a major issue here is lack of release dates. But also, yeah. you know, for a while, right, this was what, back in August, they, people were, these stores were getting, they're getting decent shipments of PlayStation 5s, right? Like after I went out and spent a ridiculous amount of money, all of a sudden all these yep. stores started like dropping PS5s. Like you can get them very readily because everyone's like, oh, the chip shortage is going to end soon. So this is just going to be the new normal, be able to get these things. And then they they announced in the news a couple of weeks back that like the chip shortage is probably going to continue into 2023, right? So now everyone, these PlayStation 5s have started becoming more and more difficult to obtain. But Sony is still dropping more console units than than the Xbox is. So it's it's... It's just it's interesting to see like where where the trends are going, but Sony is un is is weird to me because like they don't have solid release dates really for anything right now, but people are still buying them up. So I mean, and I know a lot of that's scalpers, but Sony and Nintendo are both very good with physical content. Xbox people are buying Xboxes now, or not buying Xboxes now because you can play Series X stuff on Xbox One. So I don't know where the console race is going to go. It's just it's interesting to see with PlayStation like how difficult it still is to get one even though there's like nothing coming out and there's nothing like nothing big given a an actual release date everyone's predicting like um you know brank from super bs is predicting next year is going to be a huge year but still sony i mean we'll get into this too sony has not given any like solid release dates on anything hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast Well, we did get a lot of game announcements or game updates, and that's something I truly appreciate. And the fact is, I will give them the one-up on Xbox. I felt that when they were showcasing quite a few of these games, that they felt special and that they mm -hmm. felt appreciated by PlayStation. Whereas I thought with Xbox, they showed us a ton of things during their E3 presentation, but only some of the things that they felt, to me, were really special. Yeah. And in fact... They spent a majority of the time focusing on Forza and very little on Halo Infinite, which led to our 
discussion last time around. Yeah. So I really felt kind of annoyed by that. But here I can tell you right now that I truly appreciated this PlayStation showcase for what it was because Mm -hmm. the fact that they, they gave equal time and equal headlines to various number of things. And I think I'm going to start with probably a game that you're, you're looking at for the PlayStation. Cause you say you don't get many games for the PlayStation, but I have a feeling that Spider-Man two will be on that list. Yeah. I want to talk about it in a second, but let me just piggyback on what you said. Yeah. There is a clear difference. Xbox shows anything and everything, right? Whereas Sony seems to show games that are, they, they know are going to be important to people. And that's something I've always appreciated about them. On to your comments about Spider-Man, though. So I, I loved Spider-Man 1. I didn't finish it. It's, on, it's a game I've been meaning to go back to. But Spider-Man games are fun, man. Like, ever since they started doing the open sandbox style, like they did, I think Web of Shadows might have been the first one, where you can swing freely mm-hmm. around the city. Like, I, I, I am absolutely down to do that every time I get a chance to do it. You know? So how did it look to you? I, well, they didn't show any gameplay. They just showed oh, no, the. Do they ever? They just showed the cinematic okay. and like, yeah, I think it's cool that we're gonna get to see Venom, and I'm sure there's gonna be some other surprises in there. But they didn't really show anything about it. What I'm curious with this is because it has both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Are you gonna get to pick? You know, are you gonna get to pick which Spider-Man you use, or are there going to be missions specific to each Spider-Man? Because I would almost prefer that as opposed to having to decide which Spider-Man I want to be. It's so funny because, you know, if you look at the, all these showcases from Nintendo or especially Xbox and PlayStation, especially those two, it shouldn't be you're, – you're, what you're seeing the most is not exclusive to PlayStation. What you're seeing most is not exclusive to Xbox. What you're seeing the most is not actual gameplay footage. Yeah, well, yeah and that's, <laughs> that's something Sony is really bad for. We're, like, I applaud Xbox on showing what the game's going to look like in-engine. Whereas Sony always just shows cinematics. And yeah, they get the hype train rolling, but some of these things, like it could be years before we see any of it. Well, one of the things we did see, and I think that it is it is gameplay footage, or as far as the, just the cutscenes and whatnot, but it has you navigating through it. And I actually did see some gameplay footage, Buzz, God of War Ragnarok. Yes. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. It looks good. I, I really want to get motivated now for playing the god of war series especially after seeing ragnarok yes so what surprised me about this is that they announced that it's going to be the end of the norse story so i was under the impression that it's going to be another trilogy so there's going from where god of war the the last one left off there's this game's going to have to have a lot packed into it to truly wrap up all of those loose threads um, and uh, it has been noted out, just to let you know, that there was a Marvel sign at the end, a Marvel logo, a Marvel copyright, because at the end of the trailer was a hammer belonging to a certain Norse god that we know in, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Thor. Yeah, so the, if you saw the Thor in this one, from what we usually see, like we see these like big buff Thors, right? Like in the comic books and the these little stories people make. But like this Thor was like shapely you know he's portly looking and like i'm kind of excited to see like who this thor is and like what kind of person is he is he the the heroic thor we see all over the place and and stories and norse mythology and all that or is he going to be like a truly malicious version of thor i just thought it was interesting that they're referencing the marvel version of thor yeah. in this case either yeah. from the comic books or the mcu it's just kind of interesting that they would do that and speaking of marvel 
because it seemed to be a little bit of a Marvel theme going on there. And, uh, you know, I know that the Marvel game in the style of XCOM, what is it, Midnight Suns, that's coming out and that was showcased in recent weeks. I know that a lot of people are looking forward to that, especially if you're real-time strategy-based. But Insomniac, who is doing and who is producing the Spider-Man 2 game, is also working on a Marvel Wolverine game. So I want to hear your thoughts when you saw the trailer for this. Were you surprised that a Wolverine game is on the way? Yeah, yeah, I, I was. Uh, can, I, can I say one more thing about God of War before I talk about Wolverine? Of course. Um, with God of War, what really impressed me was that, we yes, we did see in-game footage, and I love, this is the first time that we're actually getting to interact with characters in the game, multiple characters at once. If you saw them taking the boat through the village right like all the villagers yes. are doing their own thing like they've never done that in a god of war game before the only time you've ever got to talk to or not talk to but be amongst people is when they're like running from monsters right so i think that's probably the difference you're seeing between a four and a five maybe or the yeah. type of fidelity but mm -hmm. you, maybe you'll see this also as well in the playstation 4 copy of it but yeah it's just something that looks like it's it's totally an enhanced experience and i yeah. think it'll improve a great game even more yeah, I agree. Okay, on to Wolverine. This was one that was weird to me. It's like I, I wouldn't have announced shown this game right now because it from what I've read, like this game is three to four years away from being finished. So that is it always that yeah, but I mean that's like that's 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 a, a, a bold move, you know, like because they're they're obviously not done making Spider Man two. So we know with Wolverine where Wolverine stands in the development cycle, but like it just seemed yeah, it's cool. They're making a Wolverine game. I know, despite like how bad some of the Marvel games have been in the past, like Wolverine was always like the Wolverine Origins game was always like well loved by people. So I'm just curious how In Insomniac is good at making these slightly open world experiences. How is that going to play out with Wolverine? But again, it's probably going to be three to four years before we even see what that looks like. Another announcement that was made, and it's going to be an exclusive for at least a little while, is the remake of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So I want to hear your thoughts on that, my friend. It's a exclusive for a little while. It's not going to be a, a continual exclusive. It's going to, you'll see it on other platforms eventually. But I want to hear your thoughts on this remake of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, it'll be fun to go back to it. Bioware's not making this game. This is Lucasfilm and I Asper, think, I think is the name yeah, of the company. Yeah. Yeah, so this is not Bioware, but I mean, they're using all the same, like, I guess, roots as Bioware had. So, yeah, I'm excited to go back to it. It's going to be cool to see, like, you know, how it looks on a modern console, how they're going to remake it. Is it going to be a retelling like Final Fantasy VII was? Yeah, I'm excited about it, though. One of the things that you would be interested in as a big Borderlands fan is Tiny Tina's Wonderland. That had some gameplay and a release date coming in March. So your mm -hmm. thoughts on that game, my friend? Yeah, no, I mean, I always loved the uh, add-on um, Bunkers and Badasses, I think, was Borderlands 2, but I always enjoyed that. You know, I, I know I got a bunch of friends, Brian Kane, uh, Brank, Big Dog, like all those guys, I know they're going to pick this up and we'll play. Um, I just hope that they re redo, they have the skill tree be a little more user-friendly. Like, they made Borderlands 3 for, like, the, uh, not, Borderlands 3 was not made for casual gamers. Borderlands 3 was made for people who are good at balancing skill trees, whereas, like, Borderlands 1 and 2, you could be a casual gamer and play the game fairly easy. So I just hope that they level that experience out and make it, I guess, more user-friendly for people who don't play a lot of games like that. 
Project Eve is a new hack and slash title that's coming up. I, I really enjoyed the trailer. Your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so Project Eve, is that the one? Um, oh, yeah, so that's the one that looked like Bayonetta. Yeah, I mean, it, mm -hmm. it looks it looks cool. I'm, I'm, this is pro I have a feeling I'm going to forget about it before it comes out. But uh, Then you I, get reminded of it if it, it, if it uh, reviews really if well. If it reviews really well, yeah. I mean, if I look at all the games, it's probably the one that I'm least excited about. But who knows, man? Maybe it'll get back on my radar here soon. Forspoken? So Forspoken was the Project Athia, right? Was that the one? Yeah. Yeah, so that one, I mean, it, it could be cool. Like, I, I love the concept of it, and I always love the uh, anything made by Square. You know, I'm always interested in playing. So uh, it, it looks like it has an interesting story. Are you interested in playing this? I know you're, you're more of, like, a RPG-type person, but this one looks to have a lot of, like, I guess, hack-and-slash RPG elements in it. And that's something I would appreciate because I like the Elder Scrolls type environment where you it's it's very gamey and it still has that element of okay I can develop a character and create and customize and RPG away on it but I don't want to get too RPG ish where it just takes away from the gameplay so it looks like it's going to hopefully be that Elder Scrolls type of blend that I can appreciate it. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for that. We'll see. Uh, but I don't want it to become that, uh, you know, Dark Souls. Oh, it's really hard, and it's going to take uh, you know just a great amount of time torturing you to death. You know, with death after death after death. So yeah. I'm hoping it doesn't go that far. It's, yeah, as far as those... I really I don't take pleasure in something I'm just going to die at several dozen times just to get by in an area yeah and that's what kind of bums me out about that new i guess dark souls like game that had george r martin attached it was it what's that game called yes. um I, I i remember you i mentioned yeah yeah I, but that's the one it bums me out because i really want to play that game through but i know i'm not going to be able to because i'm not that good at those yeah dark that's, Souls. that's the problem game. i elden ring elden that's ring yes yeah yeah, yeah. Well, the next one I wanted to ask you on is a good thing that I'm so happy about, and that is Uncharted 4 and also Lost Legacy. Very un underrated title in Lost Legacy, but Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, are getting remastered for the PS5 and PC. Your thoughts on that, my friend? Yes, I will I will play it. I just hope that they have dip new trophies. You know, like I love getting trophies, so I hope there's new trophies for this one, and they don't just okay. like... Up, update the other trophies well they showed off rainbow six extraction i know for people out there that enjoy the rainbow six type feel that's still out there and there still is a great base of fans this is going to be something that they're going to enjoy but i think that people are still looking forward to hopefully getting a rainbow six new edition new something new in this in the series instead of just add-ons 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 so yeah. I'm hoping that eventually they'll decide to do that. And we'll talk about that coming up here in a sec in regards to another big franchise. But Alan Wake Remastered also showed off some gameplay, which, you know, I guess it, it's it not actually showed off some gameplay it, for the first time. Yeah, it's just it, remastered because we've seen it before 10 years ago. But it's, you know, it's loosely remastered. It still looks yeah. like Alan Wake. But what this is, you know, I, I love this game, you know, because it's like, who doesn't, you know? What gives me hope about this game coming out on PS5 is the fact that maybe we are finally going to get our Alan Wake sequel. Because I know the Alan Wake expansion on Control 
got yeah. a lot of critical, I guess, appreciation, you could say. So this gets me excited. If it sells excited. well, then yeah, you can count on it. Yeah, yeah. So looking. Forward I know to control. That. I know control is now at the head of the class for remedy, but uh, you know I'm making a sequel for that because that was such a lauded game. Yeah. But if if Alan Wake this remaster does well, then then I think you can see something in the yeah. in Alan Wake too in the near future. Yeah, and it's just a shame that Microsoft had it locked up for so long. You know, even though they wanted to make a sequel to it, and Microsoft was being stubborn and saying no, we don't want because they didn't want to work with them anymore. One of the things I did want to ask you on is something that I alluded to just a few minutes ago, and that's a GTA 5, and the online upgrade for the PS5 has been delayed to March of next year, which is not surprising, seeing how almost all these games these days get, get delayed in some form or fashion. I mean, the thing that's not notable is all the up improvements or anything of that nature, a lot of them which are either already available in some form or fashion today or something that is long overdue for the series with gta 5 i think a lot of people were when they showed this off last week with the playstation showcase i think a lot of people were more angry that there was really nothing on the way as far as in the near future for gta 6 and they're just going to gta out i mean this is a game from 2013 so you've been yeah. able to go ahead and get a long life out of it, just like Elder Scrolls has with Skyrim and, you know, other things like that. So there, I think a lot of people are just now very frustrated and it's reflective in the videos, approvals, ups and downs, thumbs mm -hmm. up, thumbs down. There's tens of thousands of people thumbs downing more so than anywhere near the amount that's thumbs upping uh, the videos on YouTube and whatnot. So, I have a feeling a lot of people are very frustrated with GTA 5. They're still playing it, but they want to see something new. They want to see a GTA 6. Okay. They're talking to one of the developers who works for Rockstar in the GTA area, I guess. He was saying that it, it's going to be probably about, it could be anywhere from four to five years, maybe six, until the next GTA comes out. And they're sitting there thinking like, oh, that's cool. Thanks for announcing that. But like, who's going to care at that point? You know, like they've re-released yeah. this one more. I think they've re-released Grand Theft Auto more times than Elder Scrolls, which is also getting another remake. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'd say Skyrim is probably number one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I guess with the VR, you could you could say that. But yeah, I'm not excited, though. I don't really I've kind of like feel like i've matured myself out of the grand theft auto franchise like maybe i'll go back and play it again one day if there's a new entry coming out but as of right now i just i don't have any desire to go back to that world even if it was like a remaster remake integrate or whatever it was that has a bonus bonus and all that i don't really care that much anymore grand turismo 7 is going to come out in march so i want to ask you this my friend the grand turismo ip does not have the same panache as it once did no when forza was the kid trying to go ahead and, and get a name for itself people were laughing at it you're no grand turismo well now turnabout's fair play and forza is the big name in driving Codemasters has a name f1 has a great series now grand turismo finds itself looking up at the rest of the competition yeah i mean they were the premier racing simulator for a while i think forza is more popular because there's more content on a forza game like there's hundreds of races on a standard Forza game and then you have Forza Horizon where you're able to drive around this open world whereas Gran Turismo is very like you do this 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 and this and then the game is over and then they stop doing that and they're like well we're going to shorten that aspect of the game and cr 
add in this thing where, guess what? You get to coach drivers instead of actually driving the car. So they've been doing all these experimental things over the years, and they haven't paid off. So I think that's made the goodwill towards Gran Turismo become less and less and less. This sounds like they're going back to basics with this one, but I don't know, man. I don't think that they're ever going to be able to close that gap between themselves and Forza. Ghostwire Tokyo, any thoughts on this one? This is something that's been in long development now for quite some time, and I really am interested to see what comes out of it. Your thoughts on Ghostwire Tokyo? It looks cool. As of right now, we haven't really gotten to see enough of it to really care that much. So we finally get into the games that are coming out in the not-too-distant future. First up is Guardians of the Galaxy, and I don't know, man. I, I don't see a great history with Square Enix and Marvel games. Obviously, what happened with the Avengers, which is now a decent game a year later after it was released. And after everybody th- stopped playing. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? I think I'm with you. I think I'm on the fence. I'm not not saying I'm not going to play it, and I'm not saying I am going to play As of right now, it will be pushed to the bottom of a stack of games that I still want to get through, but who knows? That could change in the future. The last but not least thing that we're going to talk about is the game that's coming up this week, and that's Deathloop. It's something that I was on, I was off, I was on, I was off with each time they came out with a trailer or a type of gameplay advancement or developer interview or type of any type of footage that was shown. I'm now clearly on the fence. I'm now just like all over the place on it because it has that assassins, dishonored meets Groundhog Day type feel. What's your thoughts on Deathloop coming out this week? I could not care less. I know that sounds harsh, but this is a game that, yeah, I was on the fence about it, but like now I'm, I'm just not interested in it anymore. So your thoughts, man, coming out of the PlayStation Showcase, does it now mean that PlayStation has some really good stuff on the way and that even though none of it is, or excuse me, a small portion of it is coming out before the end of the year, that PlayStation will still keep its mark in the console wars? As of right now, I mean, I'm looking at Xbox being number one, Sony being number two, because Nintendo hasn't really announced anything big for the holidays either outside the Pokemon stuff. I want to hear your thoughts out there on PlayStation Showcase 2021. Is it something that gives you hope for a future as a PlayStation fan? Or if you're on the fence on a console, did this sway you towards the PlayStation 5? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it's Dawn Fobbs with our fall TV preview. She did a great job. I hope you get a chance to check out our interview. That's coming up right after this. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. This is Gerald Glasser for the Pop Culture Cosmos. Returning back to you, I'm on with a sensational guest, an entrepreneur in her own right, and a, a lady that I tell you what she is out there on the podcasting scene. So. Well, actually, I will let her go ahead and tell you later on at the end exactly everything that she's doing. But the best place that I would start is DawnFobs.com. 
It is Don Fobbs. Don, thank you so much for joining us on today's program. Thank you. I'm excited. Well, we're going to be talking TV, TV, TV. So everybody get out their remote controls. Click, 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 <laughs> click. And we're going to be talking about TVs. And the first thing I'll ask you real quick is in the today's age where streaming has quickly become the most important television medium. Clearly, streaming has become a priority for all these entities that are out there from Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, HBO yes. Max, yes. the big Netflix, Amazon Prime, and all that. Yes. Your thoughts on if broadcast television, old-fashioned broadcast television, still has a place in our lives for television? Um, the answer to that is yes and no. Yes, if you are 50 and older. And no, if you are not. And I'm going to tell you why. Because streaming gives so many more options because a lot of people like exclusive programming. They don't want to see the commercials. Nobody wants to see the commercials. We want to know about all of the great things, but we want to find it because we're looking for it. We don't want it to be pushed into our faces. So streaming is absolutely where it is. Again, if you're 50 and older, you care about your local TV stations and what's on your local channels. But if you're if you're under 50, you care about all of the streaming networks, you care about all of the cable networks that you can stream from your streaming network. That's kind of where you kind of care about the streaming sources right now. And because you can get Hulu, for example, and then also get Showtime and HBO Max and all of these other things, stars, you kind of want to play over where you care about those stations and not where... I remember when I used to have cable, I had so many channels I never watched. I would have like maybe 900 channels and I watched five of them. And that annoyed me because I thought, well, maybe I should only pay for the five. And that's where I think the, you know, different groups are looking at. Let's just only pay for what we want to see and that that we don't want to see. We don't care about it. Like I had 200 and something channels of sports and I like zero sports. You can't force me to watch any kind of sports. So I felt like I was wasting my money. So mainstream TV is important, but I don't think it's I don't think it's where it is, especially not in the next five years. You can forget it. That's an excellent point, and it's something that both you and I, as a someone who is just over 50, yeah, and yeah. I actually don't watch very much broadcast television. I, I, I because I of either. Because of what I do on the show each and every week, I, I have a focus on streaming television, but when it comes to what you're talking about, I think you're right on the money. I mean, some, you know, if oh, you, what, yeah. when you had either had cable or you had DirecTV, you had the satellite right, right. or what Dish Network, whatever, back in the you know previous decades always wanted it a la carte because you are That's not right. unlike anybody else out there that has maybe five ten go-to channels then there's right. so many that's left out in the dust and you just want to say you know what i just want an a la carte i just want that's, right. that's all i wanted the specific yep. channels to suit my needs and this now has come to the point where people are having to make decision and you've seen the cord cutting and in the late yeah. uh, deck part of the decade where people were just, you know, I'm, I'm done with cable. I'm done with direct TV. I'm just cutting, yeah. cutting, cutting, yeah. cutting. And that was seven years ago. I cut the cord on, on, on regular TV. I cut the cord on cable and I went strictly streaming. I have literally no local channels and I have no cable channels, but if I want to watch something that's on cable, I can get it from my Hulu or from one of the other streaming services. So I'm one of those cord cutters who did it seven years ago and I won't be 15 till next year. So we're talking, if you're getting to a certain age, you really don't care about a lot of things. And then there are certain things you just want to a la carte. Like you said, I like that you said that. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, it just yeah. comes to the point where there's so much competition now oh, for man. your eyes to go ahead and check out 
I want to hear your thoughts, though. I don't want to leave broadcast totally in the dirt because there no, is no, no. there's still a there's still mm -hmm. yeah there's still an audience for it i mean we're seeing Absolutely. still numbers where people can you know show certain shows and certain programs can still generate two three four million viewers on any given time right i want to hear your thoughts before we head into cable and of course most primarily streaming right. some of the thoughts on broadcast television i mean for me the highlight out there and I know I pick on CBS a lot in past shows because of the fact that their shows, they, they have a formula. CBS mm -hmm. has a formula and has stuck to it for years and years and years. But I am so happy for the one show that in this century, I think, especially the early part of the century, so many people tuned into, and that was CSI. And CSI Vegas That's is going to go back. forever. It's going to go forever. People love it. But, you know, it was at one time the number one show on, on God's green earth. And it was such a dominant force. And they decided to go ahead and end the run yeah. because they did made so many changes over the years. But William Peterson yeah. is back. Yeah. And everybody is excited for it. It is coming back to CBS. What are yeah. your thoughts on, on a return to CSI Vegas? Is it something that people are excited to go ahead and get into once again? Honestly, I think for that genre of people who love CSI, they're very excited. See, like me, I was a big, big, big fan of CSI Miami. Mm -hmm. That was the one that I so, so, so loved. I really loved that uh, one. Hold on. It. I'm putting my David Caruso shades on. Oh, I'm looking I all stylistic. I mean, he caught my attention the first time I saw it. And I went, I'm not a CSI girl, but I liked him that one but I think for the audience that really really love this show they're going to be very very excited about it but I think it'll do like most of them have done that have such a long run like this I think it'll go and then it'll end up on let's just say Netflix it'll end up on a Netflix because they've got so many seasons and so many years in it that you could gain a whole new audience who didn't watch you you could gain a whole new audience I've seen it happen with some other shows that we're going to talk about today but I think people are going to be excited who care about that show, but then I don't think it's going to last. See, that's the thing, though. I, you're right. It's going to probably be one of those shows where it hits highs early and then settles into Fizzle where, out. where, yep. where it settles is the, is the key to its longevity. Because yeah. once it, it gets that, uh, once the audience that's like enamored with it, the nostalgia of it after the first couple of weeks, where does it sit and it, is it going to be retained? Now, yeah. first off, it will go to Paramount Plus. I know that's something because all the okay, CBS yeah. shows go to Paramount Plus. But you're yeah. right. They do sell off their shows from time to time on Netflix. We've seen that oh, same yeah. thing with oh, yeah. NBC shows. Manifest has gotten a second life. I was life. just about to say Flight 828 caught me yes. back in the day when it originally aired. And one day I'm just like on Netflix looking and looking and looking. And I said, oh, Manifest, I never got to see those last two seasons because, you know, I had cut the cord by then. Yes. And I saw it and I'm telling you, I binge watched it and was so happy to see it. And it stayed number one on Netflix for like two or three weeks. And I was like, see, they gained a whole new audience. And I'm going to tell you, on a daily basis on YouTube, I probably watch maybe about seven to 10 different programs. Everybody makes jokes about Flight 828. So that tells me it got a whole new audience. And I love that that happened. I was wondering if I just sometimes sit back and just kind of click my little fingernails and go, when's it going to land over here on Netflix? Because I know it's going. Well, I know I, it. I feel it. Well, at first, Netflix was kind of coy and yeah. you know, yeah, the, yeah. the clamor. Everybody's saying, oh, I want a four season, want a four season. Netflix is like, eh, we're not sure, not sure. But then it just stayed on top for so long. It stayed on top. 
up for that so long. It, it is going to get a fourth season that's going to come sometime in pro- i'm assuming late 2022 but which, which show are you talking about manifest manifest oh, has, oh, manifest, has, manifest is already up there and then the other one they're already promoting that it's going to come the same thing they yeah did they're, they're getting season four but that season four the final season will be most likely new episodes will be done sometime in 2022 because they just announced it a couple hey, of weeks Hey, we're going to wait. We're going to wait for it because look what they did with Lucifer. They canceled it yeah. on the CW. Then it came over to Netflix. They said they were going to get rid of it over there. And now they just rolled out a whole nother season. Yes. The fans are going crazy. It's going to go even past the sixth season. I promise you it's going to happen and, because and, they got a whole new fan base now. And, and see, that's the thing where we're now talking and it always seems to migrate now in today's age yeah. towards streaming. Anything, including these all these broadcast shows that were discontinued, they're finding new life on streaming. But before before we head to cable and streaming real quick, is there anything on broadcast television that is appealing to you? And is there anything on broadcast television that you feel is just going to be like, okay, this is not worth my time or this is an immediate failure? This is something that's going to get an axe real quick. Or is this something that you see that is going to be a hit on broadcast television? Anything well, that sticks out. The hits are going to always be like your survivor. You, you, you got folks that they love that particular show. But then also your hits are going to be like your young Sheldon. I, I like young Sheldon because, you know, that, that actor is from Houston. So we always give our Houstonians that are on TV, we give them a lot of love. There just seems not to be a whole bunch of choices outside the reality shows, the competition oh, shows, and, and just selected <laughs> dramas that people, people get into a habit on broadcast television. When it comes to cable television, that could be the thing that really gets squeezed out of the mix because the fact that streaming is now so prominent. Is there anything on cable that's reaching out and saying, hey, Don, I really think you should give us some time to watch? Well, now, before we go to cable, I also want to say on ABC, I think Dancing with the Stars is going to die this year. Okay. They continue to not have us some stars on there. <laughs> so until you get some real stars and stop bringing in these reality people and all of these other things, I think you're going to kill yourself. I feel like the good doctor will probably have another season. And okay. I think it's on the fence. If you want to get into cable, I will tell you where my heart is right now because I have Hulu and I have this particular cable station that I absolutely love. So I'm a little prejudiced on this. I am loving HBO Max. I love that they just put out White Lotus, which like blew me away. And I love watching Secession. Oh, my goodness, the family drama there. It just keeps me on the edge of my seat. I love the back and forth with the sisters and brothers. I love the dad playing these mind games. I love the fact that all of this is about the family fortune and, the, and legacy and money. And, oh, I just like it. I like that one. I like Billions. And I like, I just, and White Lotus, that new premiere. And I like the way they rolled out White Lotus on HBO Max that mm. I get on Hulu. I like the way they did that because they gave you three shows and teased you real, real, real good. Did not let you know when the next one was going to come. And then all of a sudden they made you wait on the very last one. Yeah. And my daughter and I were like, when's it going to come out? We were like comparing because we watch and then we discuss. So that one is on uh, cable TV is I think really, really, really awesome. Again, I love having the streaming services because you can then pick and choose. And my three favorite are Showtime, HBO, and stars channel stars because i love outlander that is my number one i love outlander i don't blame you very uh, much of a favorite out there let me tell you outlander can take me anywhere i, I would love <laughs> to go back in time with them <laughs> i love power power is now doing all of its spinoffs and spinoffs and spinoffs but 
when power first came to be, I was right there with it. And not just because 50 Cent is the creator or anything like that, because he's not on my top list of anything, but just I wanted to see the dynamics between those actors that I knew nothing about any yeah. of those actors, really, even the lead actor, Ghost, I didn't know anything about him, but I just wanted to see how the dynamics and how real it was going to feel to me, and it felt very, very real. And so that's what caught my attention. See, a couple things about any TV show I'll share with you. If I can't learn something, I'm not watching it. If it doesn't have real connection, I can't watch it. If it doesn't have a great love story or it's not funny, I'm out. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. But I'll tell you what, Don, before we head on out, we will go ahead into something you and I watch the most of these days, and that's the streaming outlets. And again, you mentioned- Every single day. And with broadcast television, and cable in our conversations, it always has eventually migrated over to streaming because you mentioned during our conversation with cable and broadcasting, all these you know networks and outlets and programs that eventually find their way to streaming or in some way connected to it. You mentioned HBO Max, which obviously is going to be a big focus this fall with so many films yeah, that are coming day and date on it. And then there's they're still working on the show's end of it, but because of the fact that it's got HBO attached to it, you know they're going to provide some great shows as, as they come out. But what are you looking forward to on the streaming end? I know I can easily say, and I do every week on this show, in regards to the Disney Plus series, which we know we're going to get with Star Wars and Marvel, et cetera, et cetera, there. But there's more to it out there. And then Netflix, you know, with Stranger Things, whenever they decide to go ahead and put that out. But... I want to hear your thoughts on what you're looking forward to. Cobra Kai, I'm just a huge, huge fan of Cobra Kai. That's coming back to Netflix. Really good. Though. Yes, I love that dynamic. But is there anything that's really sticking out to you in streaming before we head on out? Absolutely. I have been on pins and needles and waiting and waiting and waiting. I feel like Chris, it's like Christmas never going to come. I've been waiting on Netflix for them to put you out, Y-O-U. That one left us with the biggest, nicest cliffhanger. And then it hasn't been on for two years. So you know we're rusty because it's like, literally I'm going to have to go back and watch the season before that, before it comes out. Because not, a, not that I've forgotten anything. I just want that same hot feeling, you know, that we have that excitement. So I'm waiting on you, Y-O-U. And it said that it was going to come out in September, October, and then they changed it to November. So now I feel really teased with that one. Yeah. We got a great surprise this weekend. Lucifer season six came back on Netflix. So that was absolutely wonderful. I'm waiting on Emily in Paris on Netflix. That one was a good one that came out 2020, I think toward the end of 2020. That one was good. Virgin River, I really love on Netflix. That one was really a good one on Netflix. But I'll tell you on Hulu... Hulu's got some great things coming, but they just had a lot that just left. And I'll tell you the biggest one, and I'll say this, just bypass this whole year and tell you I'm waiting for Siren to come back on in September of 2020. There you go. That indeed. movie took me by storm. It excited me. I believe in mermaids, so I'm the crazy lady <laughs> over here. <laughs> so that movie took me on a whirlwind, but Every week I'll go on Hulu and I'll check out and see not only what's coming on the streaming services, but whatever else I'm 
I've got over there because I've got the uh, Apple TV as well. So Apple TV, let me tell you, they've got this show on there called The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston. She is one of my one of my favorite actresses. Steve Carell's in it too. Steve Carell. And when I was watching that movie, all I could say was, "This is Matt Lauer's story." Yeah. This that entire series is Matt Lauer. From the conversations to what we heard in the background to what happened at the studio, that is entirely Matt Lauer's story. And so I just had to stop watching it because I was like, oh, my God, this was in the news too much. I almost feel like I took one for the team simply because I like them. But the storyline just annoyed me so bad that I just thought I needed a warning that said this is out guy well because of the name power it got a lot of emmy recognition but overall with critics it's gotten kind of mixed but other apple plus shows i mean ted lasso is still a big hit for that network Uh, i know c with jason momoa and uh, i guess dave bautista i guess is coming to it so i guess those two are now bros as he talks about in interviews oh but you know speaking of uh, momoa uh, he's also in a new movie on netflix called sweet girl one is a good one i thought it was kind of sweet at first i wasn't sure about it but then after i saw it i said you know what they may get a second one simply because the way it left off but i think they might get a second one to show the girls you know her power of what she's gonna do almost i almost feel like they're gonna turn her into some type of superhuman almost just mentally i should say apple plus is still it's still not there yet i think as far as content I mean, I like the fact for children's that they've just recently acquired the entire library of one of my favorite children's shows of all time, Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh, Uh, yeah, I remember that. I mean, I think that was just such a sensational modern approach to children's television. And I'm so hopeful that that show will be invigorated and people will will go ahead and check that out on Apple+. Plus. Now, you know what that's going to depend on? That's going to depend on how embedded Disney is into the kids' heads. Because I've got a 20-year-old who, when Disney Plus came out, she was on it like I can't even tell you. And she just watches every single... She's 20 years old, and she is a Disney Plus fan. I've got one, too, as well. That's 15. She will not get her nails done just so she can pay that $10.99 for her, her Disney Plus. And there's been a few things that I've said, hey, can I watch your Disney Plus? Because I want to watch uh, Beyonce put out her Blackest King. I watched that on there, but she swears by her Disney Plus. She loves it, loves it, loves it. And, you know, I feel like that about Crackle. I think that if they would have developed themselves a little bit more, and I'm going to tell you something, if Apple doesn't get on the ball, they're going to be a Crackle afterthought as well. I agree because with you. The only reason I really started watching Apple TV is because it came embedded on my iPad. And so when I'm traveling or whatever, I can just click the little Apple and I'm in. I don't have to put passwords and all this other stuff. But I'm going to tell you, if they don't get more than one or two shows over there, they're going to be an afterthought as well. I agree with you. And you can't say it's because they don't have the money or the capital no, or anything like that. That Now Amazon Prime, later on, they realize the money they can make off of it. And Netflix is making you know now a gazillion dollars. And Amazon Prime said, okay, we're going to get you now with Marvelous Miss Maisel, The Boys. We're going to hit you with all this stuff now. They've gotten the game. So I'd like to see Apple Plus. I thought really that they had a chance to become a really powerful entity, and they still do, but they need to do a lot more. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been an incredible conversation. You are a tremendous, tremendous source of television information. Thank you. And I do want to have you back on the show anytime you so choose to have to come on. You just just hit me up on the DM. So you tell me the latest and greatest going on in television that you want to talk about. But before we head on out, this is your time to shamelessly plug yourself and what you're doing. The best starting point to go is donfobs.com. But don't leave it up to me. 
tell everybody out there why they need to check all the stuff you're out for you. You let them know what's going on in the world of Don Fobbs. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Hey, and I have no shame with this plug. You <laughs> so got it. You know, if you are not going to promote yourself, <laughs> who will? Exactly. Well, I am Dawn Fobbs. I am from the great state of Texas. I'm from Houston. I live out in Katy and I represent my area so much. I'm an entrepreneur since 1998 and I love having conversations and meaningful ones that are going to, you know, really spark interest in people. I have a podcast and the name of it is Mother daughter ish so it's mother daughter and then capital ish and we talk about everything that mothers and daughters talk about the things they don't want to talk about and the things that they should talk about again i am an entrepreneur which means that i'm a business development consultant so i help you to grow your business find funding and contracts for your business also if you want to start a 501c3 nonprofit, and i also will tell you that talking about tv and the streaming and where it's going and where it's at that's right up my alley because People just want good programming. They just want fun programming. They just want no cords to be attached so that they can go and find what they want and not have anything forced on them. So this is a great conversation. Absolutely. And again, anytime you want to talk, I'd love to make this a regular deal on our show. And I'd love to have you back on, on the world of television. Sounds wonderful. I'd love to. Thank you so much, Daryl. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. Once again, it's Dawn Fobbs. Please check out what she's doing today at E place to go for Don Fobbs, donfobbs.com, and of course her sensational show, the Mother Daughter ISH podcast, available everywhere. Yeah. The podcast. <laughs> well, Don, it's been great having you part of the program. I look forward thank to you. more awesome conversations on the world of television, and I cannot awesome. thank you enough for having you part of the pop culture cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're about to close out the shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm here along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. Big shout out to Dawn Fobbs for our fall TV preview. I cannot thank her enough for taking the time to speak to me on the world of television. But before we head on out, my friend, Cowboy Bebop is on its way this November to Netflix. Is this going to be something with John Cho in the lead? This is one of the more known of the anime entities and in the quest to get anime across to a general audience a live action cowboy bebop on netflix could be the trick it could also be the uh nail in the coffin so to speak i mean i i'm i'm excited about it i'm gonna watch it i don't disapprove of the cast you know i know you're gonna have your purists talking about how Faye has too many clothes on the casting and the way the characters look. I think they look good. I'm down to watch this show. I'm down to see it come to life. But I guess like my big concern here is, are they going to tackle the entire ant? Because the anime is only like, I want to say it's like 18 episodes, 21 episodes, somewhere in there. But like, how are they going to tackle all of that in the span of one season of a Netflix show? You know, or are they going to expand it? Are they going to add new stuff in there? Like you're going to have a lot of purists who are going to be like watching this thing under a microscope. My biggest concern, like, I think the casting of Faye is good, and I think the casting of Jet's good. John Cho is actually my biggest concern here because, you know, I look at him and I, I think about Harold from Harold and Kumar, right? I don't think about Spike's... Spike. I think of Sulu from Star Trek. Exactly. I don't think about Spike. Like, he's just not... I don't see him being cool like that. I'm he hoping... Was, he was cool when he was doing Harold and Kumar in Star Trek. Uh, yeah, was he, though? I mean, I'm hoping to be surprised. This, like, worries me just a little bit. So I'm excited. I'm hoping that they stick to the storylines from the anime because I would love to see some of those episodes come to life. And then maybe just maybe they'll tackle the Cowboy Bebop movie at some point. But I'm really anxious, I guess, to see 
John Cho as Spike because once I see him in an episode and I'm like, okay, and like I feel good about him, I think that I can really invest myself in the rest of the series. A lot of people out there are very interested and intrigued to see what will happen this November, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we got Cowboy Bebop, and then we're going to be rolling right into The Witcher a couple weeks later, so that's cool. Absolutely. So there you go. Netflix is going to be rolling out some big guns coming up later this year with Cowboy Bebop and The Witcher. But what are your thoughts out there on Cowboy Bebop? Please let us know what your thoughts are on this live action remake and revisiting and reimagining of this well thought of anime series. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I truly thank you as always for being here. Well, I usually will normally say any last thoughts on the way out, but my last thought is, did you take the red pill or did you take the blue pill with the Matrix Resurrections trailer? I decided to go drug-free on this one, and I just kind of casually watched from a distance as this all played out. I'm interested, I guess, and I love how they took a lot of stuff from the first Matrix, you know, kind of making that all... They knew it worked. Yeah, they, they knew what the fans wanted, and I think that that's good on them, so... I don't know, man. I, I think after Revolutions, the Matrix mythology became so diluted. And now I just don't know where the story's going to go, what's going to happen. I think a lot of this is going to have a lot of social commentary on like our reliance on technology these days. I always enjoy stories like that. So who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, I guess the question here is this going to be like a Jason Bourne, you know, like a standalone several years later wrapping up the entire story or is this going to be like the birth of another like trilogy i think it's going to be a birth of another trilogy man i don't think that warner brothers hbo max the whole nine yards would actually get invested into this unless it was going to end up leading to a trilogy i mean dune is going to be two movies yeah i think matrix i think that lana wachowski proposed a deal where it would be a trilogy that's just my guess i I would not have gone into it as saying this is going to be a one-off it's taken 18 years for me to take the rub off and say you know what okay i'm finally okay with sitting down and watching the matrix once again. yeah and that was the issue with the matrix right they're trying to expand the mythology in all the directions and it didn't really work that well the smaller i guess it is the better it'll end up being but we'll see what happens I'm going to watch it, man. I'm definitely down to dive back into it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more as it gets closer. But as of right now, like I don't know how willing I am to fully invest in another series of Matrix movies. Well, you can always watch it on HBO Max. Right, yeah, because I think it comes out in December, right? December 14th yep, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, December 22nd, 22nd, just before yeah. Christmas. Right, yeah. What are your thoughts out there on the Matrix Resurrections trailer? Does this get you excited to jump back into the Matrix? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also want to give a big shout out to Bill. Thanks so much for the letter you dropped on, as always. But now, Josh, any last thoughts on the way out? No, I mean, I think we covered it all. Keep an eye on the horizon, for as the uh, pirates say in Pirates of the Caribbean, for more pop culture stuff heading your way and i'm sure that the playstation conference is not like the end of the big announcements you know we got tokyo game show coming up so i'm sure we're going to get some stuff out of there but we'll and see. then also stuff in december i know jeff Keeley does this thing and then also as well there's rumor playstation might do another one before the year's up yep so we'll see what happens but uh yeah definitely a lot of good stuff heading our way 
Coming up on Friday, we'll be talking about the latest news and trends in pop culture with myself and Melinda Barkhouse, who is one of the dungeon masters for many of our RPG games as the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. So check that out, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And check out Melinda and I coming up later this week on the PCC Multiverse. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.